thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. We've always taken mums the word to mean keeping things to ourselves. Well, this is no longer the case as we provide mums with the natural, honest, and reliable resources they need from experts and other mums to keep their families happy, healthy, and safe. Be prepared to use your passion for parenting to empower yourself with the knowledge of choice. Welcome to Mums the Word with your host, mum and chiropractor, Kaz Jaff. Welcome back to another episode. We are on episode number 80 of Mums the Word and you are listening to Kaz Jaff here and I'm pretty excited to introduce this guest and also this topic, diastasis recti, is something that I think is uh, only becoming, uh, well, I guess slightly known uh, of late and uh, I hope this uh, episode sparks your curiosity um, if you've never heard about it. But if you have, I think you'll be pretty glad that where I'm doing an episode uh, on diastasis recti and for those that are just hearing about it for the first time I hope that you um, that you uh, find out you have it if you have it because of this episode and more so get the help that you need and of course I hope you don't have it but if you do um, it's pretty uh, it's uh, something that you really don't want hanging around in your body unknown so I'm very grateful to um, to be able to have Becky come on the show Becky Spellman and um, and because she's made it her area of interest and expertise I couldn't uh, yeah, be more grateful to have someone uh, like her um, share her knowledge. Becky Spellman moved to Amsterdam in 2001 and she retired from her career as a ballet dancer in 2005 and then she retrained as a Pilates teacher. In 2011, she opened her own studio and started working with physiotherapists and chiropractors on patient rehabilitation. This made her realize that her love of helping people to get their bodies back to normal after having an injury, surgery, or, uh, or giving birth and her area of expertise is diastasis recti a little known but widely seen condition in women and sometimes men where the stomach muscles separate at the midline of the body she's now studying at the tim van der Land physiotherapy school in neuwegein and uh, to deepen her knowledge of the body but also to allow her to become a better teacher of pilates who can help more people she really knows her stuff she was a joy to listen to uh, you'll understand uh, why I love her accent and uh, I think you'll agree with me that it's very easy to listen to her for an extended period and enjoy the show. Hey Becky, thanks for joining us on Mums the Word, really excited to talk about this topic with you. Um, but first, please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay, so um, I was born in Liverpool in uh, England and I started dancing at about the age of three and then after that I uh, kind of rolled into ballet school at about the age of 12 and uh, yeah, it kept going until I was 19 when I graduated and then I joined a ballet company almost straight away and we did uh, all the Swan Lake, Sleeping Beauty, all the classics and then at the age of uh, 30 I retired to have my daughter. Yeah, it's um, it's a gorgeous uh, textbook ballet story, and uh, and then somewhere in there, there's a Pilates teacher out of there. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that, and um, what got you into the work that you're doing these days. Okay, so well, when I was at ballet school, we had to have uh, Pilates classes each day, which uh, I really disliked, um, and some of us had to go to remedial Pilates once a week with Alan Herdman, who's uh, he's one of the best teachers in the world. He was the first Pilates teacher in the UK to set up a studio. Um, and we just didn't have any idea how beneficial and useful this was to us. We were all dreadfully bored because we just wanted to go back to the dance studio. 
Um, so it's quite ironic that I've ended up doing that as my job. So when I had my daughter, uh, when she was about three months old, I went back to school and retrained as a Pilates teacher. Um, firstly, I did my training here in Amsterdam under Debbie Jenner and Suze Wilms. And then I did an apprenticeship in Debbie's studio for a year to get my work experience up. And then uh, three years later, I think it was, I went and did the Pilates Master Mentor training with Lolita San Miguel in New York. And that was really special because she was actually trained by Joseph Pilates and she worked in his studio. So it was really fantastic to get the original work that she did with him um, that she taught that to us and gave us tips on how to use that. So, um, yeah, I decided to set up my own studio after doing that. And I started working with the mums from school, actually. They were my first clients. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I noticed uh, about the Dias Dazerecti, that there were some signs and symptoms that a lot of people had in Comran. And I started to put things together, pieces of the jigsaw puzzle, and then I noticed that the, a lot of people are walking around with these Dazerectes and they don't actually know they have them. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, I mean, of course, for the benefit of um, the mums out there listening who are thinking, oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what Pilates is, let alone what uh, diastasis is. So um, we might have to go back a little bit and just touch on Pilates for a second. Yeah, but also, sure. um, because I know what it is, both of them, but I, I can imagine <laughs> a lot of people have no idea. So let's go back to the very beginning. Okay. Yeah, so with Pilates, I mean, if you had to explain what is it in, you know, a short sort of space of time, let's see yeah. your uh, elevator pitch on Pilates. Right, okay, gosh. Yeah, and we just did something at school last week, so I'm studying to be a physiotherapist, and we learned a, a lot of things that were just like, wow, okay, so that's actually what I do. Basically, in a nutshell, what you're doing is you're um, using proper posture and proper alignment and you're using the deepest muscles that are closest to the bone for stabilization. Yeah. So you can either take that in your uh, elbow joint or in your vertebral joint, so in each little uh, backbone joint there, or you can use that for your um, your core. So using the deepest muscles of the abdomen, which are then linked to the pelvic floor, which are linked to the little stabilizer muscles in the spine, which are linked to the diaphragm. So you're working with all those things together, including your breathing and creating a a stable but flexible body at the same time. So your body can function optimally and uh, you don't get bulky muscles or stiffness or you don't have to do bracing or any of those other things. That's a really great explanation. And I think also what's really nice about Pilates, exactly what you just said, you end up with these really slender, long muscles, very toned but not chunky. Yeah, Which I think yeah. is is quite is more feminine, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it also teaches you to be more comfortable in your body, and it's also a very natural way of moving. So you don't have to, you know, sometimes you get those stomach exercises where you have to ram your lower back into the floor, mm-hmm. where you have to kind of squeeze your butt muscles. You don't have to do that with Pilates. It's just working with your natural posture, so you can actually use that in your daily life without having to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, and then also there's also apparatus, right? So Yes, yeah, you have, uh, well, I have a reformer with tower, 
and I also have a chair. But there's uh, a lot more apparatus. The Cadillacs, like a big four-poster bed with springs on it, and there's a pedestal, and there's arcs and barrels and all kinds of stuff. So you can the options are endless. Yeah, it's a whole new language, totally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so, so then, where does that connection with the diastasis then come in? Like, um, yeah, I'll let you take it away, explaining um, everything about that, so people know what we're talking about here in this interview. Okay. So, firstly, uh, yeah, diastasis recti. That is when um, the stomach muscles separate when you're pregnant, obviously, because otherwise there's no room for the baby. After the baby's been born the stomach muscles usually come back together. But in about 60% of women, they don't close fully. So for some people, this is not much of a problem if there's a very small gap. But for other people that have a larger gap, then they can start to feel unstable with their spine. They can have incontinence problems. Some of them get digestive problems, uh, especially uh, ladies with a bigger gap. They usually tell me that, yeah, about two hours after having dinner, and they start to get stomach ache and sometimes even discoloration of the skin around the navel. Um, basically, it's where your intestines then kind of bulge out uh, through the linear alba, um, which can be quite unpleasant, as you can imagine. Um, and you have to look at it like uh, if you have a garden hose and the water streams through it very fast, then the garden hose is really stable. If you were to cut a chunk out of that garden hose, a vertical line, and then you push the water through, then there won't be as much pressure in the garden hose and it'll start to wobble around. So that's how you need to look at the diastasis recti. So it causes an uh, instability. Yeah. In the yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, just coming to mind, I mean, what leaves someone susceptible for it to, to not... Um, close fully i mean you said there's 60 percent of women i mean that is a huge amount yeah where yeah. where are there's more likely to be indications of okay that's someone who's like is there any genetics is there you know after multiple um like a, like a twin or triplet um pregnancy or is it if you you know the more pregnancies you have i mean what are some of the i guess uh, uh factors leading to it well i think one of the most interesting factors that I've discovered, and I'm not quite sure how this works yet, but in 9 out of 10 people that I've asked when they have a diastasis recti, if they clench their jaw, they say yes. And also those same people, 9 out of 10, they also grind their teeth. Yes, it was very interesting, and I'm hoping that one day uh, I might be able to explore that a little deeper. Laura um, and I are going to have a big discussion about sacroiliac joints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's really it's quite. Well, I wouldn't say alarming, but it's uh, yeah, it's definitely an, a, a point, an issue. It's very important. Um, and some ladies are also uh, susceptible to hyperventilation, so they have a, a breathing pattern that's more upper mm-hmm. thoracic, so more higher in the chest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking that that's probably because the transverse abdominis, so the really deep layer of tummy muscles, doesn't get chance to work if your breathing pattern is quite high. So it would be less elastic, shall we say? Yeah, so you're not getting the closure, the closure of the stomach muscles when you exhale, when you have a lower breathing pattern. So obviously if you have the then it's not going to close. 
Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, we've talked uh, together about this, about, you know, I mean, these can be things that where you can literally slip in, you know, four or more fingers, you know, into your into the space. I mean, I don't know, you probably had some really bad cases as well. But, yeah. I mean, for some people, they would be surely knowing that they have it and other people would probably have to do a few tests on themselves or get someone to yeah. test them to see if they have yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, I mean, a lot of the ladies that do have it, what they have in common, um, again, is the, the feeling that uh, yeah, their stomach gets bloated after eating. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them say that they look as though they're still four months pregnant a year after giving birth. Yeah, that's probably one of the uh, most common, right? Yeah, and also some of them say that if they cough or sneeze or um, or if they say they lie on the floor and lift their head up, then their stomach domes. Mm-hmm. So you can actually see that, that it takes on like a zeppelin shape, which is quite odd, um, and you notice that straight away. Uh, a lot of the ladies are also incontinent. Um, there are also some sexual issues there as well, uh, loss of sensitivity. Um, yeah, they, they can't really feel what's going on. Um, a lot of them have lower back pain, uh, SI joint instability. Um, yeah, so it's more of a, it's a real core problem. It's not just your stomach, obviously, because you know your stomach muscles are basically working together with your pelvic floor and your back. So it starts to affect those areas too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, this is something that can be resolved. I mean, let's let's talk about, I mean, someone's thinking, oh, I've got it, um, or do I have it? What can I do about it? Okay, well, the first thing is not to worry, because <laughs> lots of ladies get into a panic, and especially with the stories of, oh, you have to go for surgery, or, oh, if it's wider than uh, two fingers, then, you know, you can't close it, you have to go for surgery. I have to admit that I think that that's not completely true. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was working with the physiotherapists, um, we had a lady and, okay, it was a different case. It wasn't a postnatal diastasis. She had surgery, um, emergency abdominal surgery, and she was left with a diastasis of, I would probably say about 14 centimeters. I could get both of my hands in there and oh spread my, my fingers. So it was really, really big. Um, and the surgeon that did their operation said to her, you know, this is never going to close. It's not going to close. You're just going to have to deal with it and just be thankful that we saved your life. Um, but obviously she was walking around with a lot of pain and, um, yeah, one of the physios said, oh, Becky, why don't you just have a look and see what you can do? It took us a year, but we closed it. And that was with Pilates? Yes, that was with Pilates. And a lot of that was with breathing, really, really simple exercises, um, correcting the posture, um, and, yeah, just getting the, the, the feed-forward mechanism going of the transversus abdominis, which is probably going to say, oh, can't explain that. <laughs> so it's um, basically taking your body back to its natural state. So... Say if you've got a glass of water on the table and you put your hand on your tummy right now and you reach for that glass of water, then your tummy muscles should pull together without you having to think about it or actively do it. That's the way that our bodies work. But because of our sedentary lifestyles and different factors, we lose that. 
So we have to relearn that process so it becomes automatic. And that is one of the things that helps close the diastase recti, getting to those really deep muscles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, just before we said this is something that happens, you know, to pregnant women, but you've also just said, um, I mean, post-surgical, is there, is there other indications where this might happen? Like someone who's just, I don't know, had a hernia um, or um, just really got no tone whatsoever or is there any other, you know, sort of people that would present with it? Um, well, yeah, I've actually had a few men mm-hmm. with some mm-hmm. um, and I've had a few young girls as well that are not, uh, not had children. I've mm-hmm. even had a, a 12-year-old child with diastase recti. Um, and, yeah, without speaking badly about other professions, just let me get that straight, um, sometimes these diastases occur when stomach muscle exercises are not done correctly. Mm-hmm. So when people are doing crunches or, you know, that exercise that you people see people with, putting their legs in the air and then they lower their legs down quite mm-hmm. far and then you see that their back arches and their stomach bulges out mm-hmm. and gets really hard. Mm-hmm. Well, that's basically a way that you can actually give yourself Dance. the stasirect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So by instead of um, imagining that you're tightening your corset, it's actually pushing your stomach muscles out. So you can give yourself that. Um, a lot of weightlifters have the stasirecti as well. Yeah. Actually, interestingly, yeah. from um, yeah, just putting too much pressure down there. So it just tears, basically. Yeah. 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 Understand. Understand. Okay. So, um, I mean, Pilates is really, um, you know, the way that people can do this non-surgically, and it's something that obviously, I mean, it's not something you're going to do at home. You're not going to assess yourself at home. You're not going to do. I no. mean, what kind of I mean, without, you know, trying to explain a, a physical thing, you know, with words, I mean, it's not mm-hmm. so easy to do on a, on a podcast. But what what kind of things are they doing? Are they doing home exercise as well or it's really just with, with someone there watching them? Um, well, the way that I work is I, first of all, um, do an intake and mm-hmm. see how big the diastase is and the, I test it and measure it. And sometimes if I say to the client, you know, does your physio, chiro, osteopath, do they have an echo uh, machine if they get them to make an echo? So that's noted with date and time and uh, how big the diastase is. Which is an ultrasound for our... An ultrasound, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been in Holland too long. Yeah, yeah, no worries. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I like to have them get an ultrasound because then it's really concrete. So then we know what we're looking at. And I measure it as well with the tape measure write down the measurements each week so what I do then I I make a home plan Mm -hmm. exercise uh, system for the clients um which at first week is just breathing just getting them to breathe and to feel the stomach muscles and to feel how that fits into the pelvic floor and the back as well um and maybe if that goes okay then I give them some really really simple stability exercises and then I let them go away and do that for a week. Then they come back and we start to work on their reformer and the chair and the, the tower with their traditional Pilates exercises. And then I go through their homework again and basically I, I grade it each week. So I make it a little bit harder, a little bit more challenging for them so that they, they go home and when they've done their exercises, I can see an improvement the week after. What's also important is that I measure the diastase each week and I write it down. So we've got 
everything noted correctly. And obviously some people's diastasis close faster than others. So if I notice someone's getting close to closed before I think that it's going to happen, then I ask them to go and get another ultrasound just so we can note what's going on. And uh, I write down all the exercises we've done. So I keep like a journal. Um, and then I continue to grade the like graded activity plan. So each week it gets a little bit harder, a little bit more challenging, uh, working more on the technique and getting really into the, the deep muscles. Um, and then, yeah, at a certain stage is closed. And then I send them again for another ultrasound. So that's uh, officially noted with date, time, and the therapist who's uh, made the ultrasounds. And then, yeah, then they go away happy. <laughs> <laughs> and is it closed? Yeah. It's closed for good? Or, I mean, is there something they have to continue working on? Or um, Well, what I hope for is that with having taught them a new breathing pattern, that that actually maintains itself. So if you keep an eye on your posture and you keep an eye on your breathing and, you know, you've always got your homework book, um, so I give them a book and write down all the exercises. So I say to them, look, you know, put your homework, homework book away. You don't need it. And then if you feel that your back starts to get achy or, you know, you're feeling a little bit wobbly again, just get your book out and start doing your exercises again. So yeah. I want people to become independent and um, that, you know, that they're in control of their body. So, and teach them how to notice when, you know, sometimes when you're stressed and you get a bit of an achy back and then just, you know, check that everything's still going okay with the stomach muscles there. And uh, touch words, I've never had anyone have the diastasis that's reopened. With so much great information provided on each episode, we've created an easy way for you to stay up to date on keeping your family happy, healthy, and safe. For exclusive content, as well as show notes, links for everything we discuss on the episode, as well as a free newsletter to help keep you informed, visit mumsthewordpodcast.com. I think yeah. I could listen to you say book probably 10 more times because of the accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like there's no there's no cheating in this uh, situation, you know. No. You're checking them every yeah. week. They've got to do their homework. There's, yeah. you know, you're on to it. So this is yeah. something that you're really only going to undertake if you really want change, right? I mean, Yeah, yeah. and, you know, to be honest, everyone that's been to me over the years, they've all done their homework because by the time they've come to me, they've usually been everywhere else and they're miserable. Yeah. So... You know, if I say to them, well, you know, you've got to do your homework and I give them things to do that they can do when, when they're brushing their teeth, for instance, or I say, you know, do this exercise when you're um, smearing the bread for your kids' sandwiches or you're waiting for the kettle to boil. So I try and condense it into their daily lives so they don't have to take an hour out of their already overfull schedules to lie on the floor and uh, do stuff on a mat. Yeah. And let's just be clear, you don't have to have done Pilates before to come and do no. this, right? Yeah. No, of course not. Yeah. Like no. probably majority of your clients haven't. No, never. Yeah. And some of them don't even want to come and they only come because their therapist has told them they've got to. So I get a lot of eye rolling and, oh, yeah, I'm only here because my physio or my osteopath or my chiropractor said I've got to come. And I'm like, okay. And then <laughs> <laughs> the first class, they're usually kind of looking at me like, okay, what are we doing here? So then I just explain to them how it works. And then the second class, they're yeah, they usually pretty enjoy it and the third fourth class and then it's like oh yeah I really like this well <laughs> so I'll be honest I did two two rounds of 10 times one-on-one classes but I still didn't like it I knew it was good oh, for no? me 
So until I found the right teacher, like I yeah. have to say, I mean, it's almost like uh, it's almost like yoga, right? I mean, if you don't resonate with the teacher or their voice, yeah. or I mean, you know, of course, you know, it's not at all fits one situation. But I exactly. also had to give it a really good shot, and I mean, you yeah. you yourself said you hated it too, so yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it, it yeah, is no. different. Yeah, no, you have to have a click with the teacher, you know, because you're stuck in there with them for an hour on your own. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, I think the results probably would also be talking for themselves as well. Yeah. 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 And so what, I mean, obviously you're in Amsterdam, but of course a lot of our listeners aren't. What is something that someone needs to look for in a, in either a practitioner or a Pilates uh, teacher to know that they know what they're on about? I mean, there's, I mean, you mentioned... I know you've done lots of different trainings in Pilates, but are there certain ones that are a little, you know, I know there's like Polestar. I mean, I, yeah. you know, is there certain ones that they need to look for, which is a high level of training? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm really, you know, about which which schools of Pilates that, you know, would be one that you can sort of trust or an association or. Um, well, yeah, in the Netherlands, it's, uh, yeah, that, that lovely situation of being at Freiberuk, right? So that mm-hmm. means that. Anybody can call themselves Pilates teacher. Yeah. Um, luckily, here in Amsterdam, um, a lot of Pilates teachers are very well trained. There's a, a lot of Polestar in uh, Amsterdam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's also uh, yeah, there's some classical Pilates studios too. So they're from Romano. So that's another lady who worked with Joseph Pilates. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Amsterdam and The Hague and Rotterdam, there are some really good studios also in the south of Holland as well, in Venlo. Um, I'm not quite sure in other cities. I've probably missed them out and if any colleagues... And what about us. around the globe? I mean, is there associations or anything with diastasis um, that we, we would want them to look for and have an understanding of? I mean, you know, we've got a lot of our listeners in, I guess, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, yeah, America. So yeah. what would they want to look for? Well, do you know, I would probably just speak to your teacher... I yeah. think that's the best because you, know, you can be a member of an association, but it doesn't mean that you're a good teacher. Yeah. Um, that's something that I've noticed. <laughs> um, and I think just talk to your teacher. Just ask where they've trained, how many hours they've trained, um, who they've trained with, which school it was, um, and just see if it clicks. Ask if they've got experience with pre- and postnatal. Um, yeah. Ask them about diastasis recti. Just mention the words and you'll see if the light bulb goes on and they come out with a story, then they know what they're talking about. And if they don't know, then, you know, you know, you have to, you have to go and uh, look for somebody else. Because is this but, something you learned about in Pilates school or is it more from your physio training or is it more just from life experience or? Um, I think it's a mixture of all three. Okay. Yeah. Is in Pilates anyway, the focus is a lot on the transversus abdominis, which mm-hmm. is the deepest stomach muscles. Um, and also on the obliques, which, like you and I know, they're the ones that kind of push everything towards the linear alba, which is going to close the diastasa. So that there as a basis is, uh, you know, that that's a solid basis for working with our postnatal clients. The last few years, there's been a lot of extra work done on pre and postnatal education for Pilates teachers because educators have realized the implications of what we're doing for the postnatal woman mm-hmm. um, and basically how much we can help that we didn't realize how much we could help by harnessing the power of what 
we're doing as Pilates teachers and making that specific for the lady that's just given birth. Yeah. So it's kind of snowballed the past few years. Um, it's become a lot more awareness on the Pilates teachers. Um, it's still seen as a little alternative, I think, um, especially in the culture that we have today that it's, you know, the quick fix solution is to go to the doctor and have him sew up your stomach muscles and, uh, you know, six weeks later everything's back to normal. Um, where this may take a little longer, but you don't have any intrusive uh, surgical procedures with your body. Um, so, yeah, it's it's something that's, I would say, it's probably taken off the past seven or eight years. Yeah. With, uh, with the knowledge that's been, uh, there's been a lot of research done recently as well. Diane Lee, she's a very good physiotherapist. She's in Canada. She did a lot of research on the diastasia recti and there's, um, I think she's called Julie Tupler in America, Tupler Technique. She's a registered nurse who's also a Pilates teacher who did also uh, a lot of uh, work on this. And in Holland, there's actually the diastasia network that's just started up. Um, and it's a group of physiotherapists that are raising awareness and are trying to create the network of people across the country that can help women with these stars but that's more in its baby uh, baby footsteps right now and they're just forming it but that's actually really exciting and I think that's going to be really really good yeah um, sounds great to get yeah. the word out which is what we're trying yeah. to do here yeah yeah yeah. yeah cool well I'd love you to share um, a quote or an affirmation um, I guess that gets you going or whether it's relating to motherhood you know, as you mentioned, you're a mum and, you know, yeah. like a mumpreneur um, <laughs> or, or something related to this topic. Um, oh, yeah, I find that quite difficult. I'm not really the kind of quote person. Um, I suppose, yeah, I just get really enthusiastic about what I do. And I, I'm really happy if I see my clients are happy and I love seeing them uh, feeling more comfortable in their bodies or when someone tells me that they've gone for a run and they've not peed their pants yeah. or the lady that told me once and this is a fantastic story we were training and it was one of her last sessions and we were halfway through one of the exercises and she sat up and she went you know what I had sex with my husband last night and it felt so good for the first time in a year and just the fact that she dared to share that with me and um, that's you know you can make a huge change to someone's life just by educating them about their own bodies and you know they do this themselves I'm not doing it for them they do it themselves and just to hear people get their lives back basically yeah it's just the best thing ever so there might be more babies on the planet due to you perhaps <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's actually yeah never thought of it like that yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it'd be great just um, in part of this uh, Mums the Word community, we, we try and sort of, um, you know, obviously we're loving hearing from experts about certain topics, but it's also nice for us to just remind other mums around the world that, you know, we're all in this together and, you know, mm -hmm. you are not alone. I'd love for you to share a time that was maybe not so easy um, and, and more from a point of how did you get out of it and what did you learn so that we can help um, other mums out there and also maybe that they don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Well, gosh. I had, um, when I was pregnant with my daughter, um, I actually had to have emergency surgery myself uh, as I had a two and a half kilo cyst on my left ovary. Yeah. yeah. And they discovered that with the first ultrasound. Um, 
And obviously, I was devastated because that's it's massive, though. It's more like some babies yeah. are born that size. Yeah, um, and it took me a while to get pregnant, and I'd had a few miscarriages before that. Um, so obviously, I was terrified, devastated, uh, whirlwind of emotions. I wanted to get that thing out, and I wanted to stay pregnant. And what? Well, I mean, obviously, everything went well um, with the surgery. It was very uh, frightening, and um, after recovering. Um, I couldn't really be around other pregnant women. I was very frightened. And I remember actually being in the hospital because I had to go every week for scans and just to check that the baby was growing okay because it was there was huge abdominal surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't look at my own scans when they were filming it because mm. they'd said to me, you know, we don't know how this is going to end. We don't know if your baby's going to survive. We don't know oh, how it's going to out so I would say to other mums in my situation um you know just have faith if you've got a good doctor you know they're going to do the best for you and try and relax and try enjoy your pregnancy don't be frightened because I was frightened a lot of the time I was terrified that it was going to go wrong I was terrified I was going to lose my baby and I didn't actually tell any of my friends I was pregnant until about seven months because I couldn't bear the thought of having to say that I'd lost the baby if I, if something had gone wrong. Mm. So I would say to mums, just, you know, just enjoy it. Um, take each day as it comes. Don't be frightened. Um, there are always people you can talk to. And, you know, if I missed out on going to all the, you know, the preparations for giving birth because I, I just couldn't deal with it because I was frightened I wasn't ever going to, get to that point where I was going to have stillbirth or something so you know don't be scared and just go to the classes and uh, yeah just relax basically yeah 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 you yeah. definitely just answered my next question what would you go back and tell yourself if you were pregnant yeah. so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I was doing it all again yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think, uh, I mean, hindsight is a wonderful thing, of course, but I mean, these are completely normal, you know, you'd already had some miscarriages and then, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, also assist in the same sort of, you know, department mm-hmm. of the body. I mean, it's a big, mm-hmm. it's a big wake up call as well. It's not like the surgery yeah. is far away from where the baby is at that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. And the surgeon actually said that my daughter saved my life. She said, you know, we wouldn't have found this if you weren't pregnant and this thing was so big and it had an artery wrapped around it as well so that would have ruptured within six months and I would have been dead so he told me the next time you're at Albert Hyde when she's about two years old and she's having a tantrum (laughs) think back to this moment (laughs) breathe count to ten (laughs) and uh, yeah so, which I did do that a few times. <laughs> and now she's a preteen, so it's nothing yeah. like even the, the toddler days, yeah. right? It's a, no. whole, it's a whole other level. No. Yeah, she's almost as big as I am. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I got a little bit emotional there. I'm sure you did too. <laughs> yeah, it's full yeah. Um, yeah. How about sharing some resources that have um, helped you along the way or that we can help some other mums uh, maybe in the whole diastasis uh, um, field just so that, you know, we can – help them look a little bit further yeah well I would definitely look at Diane Lee mm-hmm. um yeah if you just type in Diane Lee is Google. that L-double-E yeah 
yeah. Um, she's got a really good website. Um, and yeah, it's a relatively new subject, so there's not that much research. I mean, even if you look on PubMed, which is for people that don't know what that is, that's kind of a really geeky website with all kinds of geeky research, uh, medical research on that. There's not that much done, so it's pretty much a new topic. Um, so I would definitely just go with Diane Lee. She's a really, really good uh, um, yeah, and that's on her website based. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's really good evidence-based as well, so it's not like you're going to do anything weird. Um, and, yeah, again, just just talk to your Pilates teachers because I think probably they're the best ones uh, to deal with this because, you know, you have evidence-based practice and you have practice-based practice, and we're still in the practice-based practice phase because there's not much research uh, on the subject yet. Yeah. So there aren't that many resources. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, well, I mean, it is, it is fairly fresh, which is why it's fantastic <laughs> that, we're, um, that we're doing this, uh, doing this one. What about, um, before we uh, round up, what about well, some of the best advice that you received? I'm just curious, something that's whether in the motherhood uh, realm or, or parenting, what's one of the things that kind of you can hear someone saying to you? Yeah, there's so many. <laughs> so many things, I don't know. Um, I think the most important thing to do, which I've learned from my daughter now she's growing up, is that sometimes it's enough to just be there as yeah. a mum. Yeah. You know, especially with this preteen phase where your kids are starting to distance themselves from you. You see that they don't need you as much anymore obviously they need to in a different way but they may not be coming to sit on your knee and and telling you that they love you every two minutes like they do when they're tiny um but just being able to be there and that they know that you're there mm-hmm. so when they go off to their friends houses that they know that you're at home or they know that you know that you're there for them i think that's the most important thing to do and also what i'm noticing as well um from the preteen thing with the hormones that's starting now mm-hmm. to just listen listen stay quiet and just think you know okay my kids are really misbehaving this is not what I associate with her and just bear in mind how you felt as a teenager those moments where you just were so confused because your hormones are making you do things that you didn't understand yourself and just talk about it and just say to her, this is what I say to my daughter, hey, are, you, are you getting angry but you don't really know why? It's just kind of a random feeling coming up. She says yes. And I say, okay. And I give her the room to just be alone for five minutes. And then when she's calmed down and she feels better, then we talk about it. Yeah. So I think at the moment for me in the phase where I am as a mom, that's my most important uh, piece yeah. of advice. Yeah. Yes. yeah. No, yes. I think uh, very wise words. Um, I'd love for you to share how people can best get in touch with you and find out more about your services, more so, I guess, website and, and really uh, how they can get in touch with you if they happen to be in Amsterdam or even if they have questions, I guess you're pretty open um, to answering any questions um, or maybe directing them in, in a certain way if they need um, with their own hometown if they're not in Amsterdam. Yeah, sure, yeah, because no, I know quite a lot of teachers over the whole world, uh, so I can always put them in touch with people in their own country. Um, yeah, my website is uh, www.alignpilates.eu, 
Um, and on my website, there's the contact uh, form. There's uh, information about diastasia recti, actually. I wrote a whole page about that with signs, symptoms, uh, how you can help close it, all that kind of stuff is on there. Um, so if people just go to my website and have a look around, my phone number's on there, my email address is on there, so they can get in touch with me and ask me anything that they want. Mm-hmm. Um, usually in the weekends, um, I'm at school because I'm studying to be a physiotherapist, so from a Friday to a Monday, I don't answer my mail because um, I can't because I'm sitting in Fair the classroom. Fair enough, it's also <laughs> Yeah, if I got caught mailing during class, I'd get my ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might take a few days to get back, but... I will always answer, and um, I've got some good resources around me. I'm surrounded by good physiotherapists, and I've got you that I can ask as well as a chiropractor, um, and I know a few gynecologists, so I can always ask people for advice if I don't know the answer myself, and, um, you know, to point them in the right direction. Yeah, well, thank you so much, um, well, for that offer as well, but also just for your time and also for your passion. I mean, it's so nice listening. I know we're like-minded in lots of areas, so it's nice that we're we're really close and practice to each other, but also just, you know, share similar similar views about how we want to change the world. Um, So, yeah, I'm just really grateful for your time, and I can't wait to share this episode with everyone. Thanks so much. Yeah, and thank you for asking me. It's really nice. Yeah, told you it'd be fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, Becky. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.